We are in the season of Lent, and Lent is 40 days from Ash Wednesday, which was last Wednesday, all the way through Easter Sunday. Now, if you would get on a calendar and count those days, it's 46, but we don't include the Sundays because Lent is a time of uh, somberness. Lent is a time of self-reflection. Lent is a time of self-examination. It's not a real festive time, and obviously Sundays... It's supposed to be a festive time because the only reason we worship on Sundays is it's because it's the first day of the week, and on the first day of the week is when Jesus was resurrected. We uh, don't worship on the Sabbath anymore like uh, the Old Testament friends did. We worship on the resurrection day, so every Sunday is an Easter Sunday. So during the six Sundays of Lent, uh, we really don't even count those as Sunday. So uh, we are in Lent, and we thought during Lent that we'd do something really weird, because you usually give something up for Lent. You usually say no to something. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to say no to that. Um, uh, Whatever it is, we give something up for Lent, something that may be as meaningless as uh, chocolate or something that could be a lot more meaningful than that. Uh, But we thought we would just take that upside down and we'd be able to go through these six Sundays and say, what can we say yes to? What can we say yes to in this time uh, of Lent? And there's been several times in my pastoral career, which is like 19 years now, that you lay people have said things to me um, that have been just really, really impactful that I have then taken and stolen and put into sermons and didn't give you credit for it. And... One time, it was done in this church, uh, excuse me, several times it has been done in this church, but one time in particular, someone came up to me after a message on the importance of forgiveness and and being a forgiving person, not letting forgiveness and bitter feelings uh, dwell and fester in your spirit. And one lady came up to me and she said, Pastor, a long time ago, I decided not to allow someone else's sin to become sin for me. Wow. Listen to that. Because you know that unforgiveness can make my spirit um, uh, bitter. It can make my uh, spirit uh, irritated. It can make me not a fun person to be around. It can make me a grumpy person. and, And it can lead to sin in my life. And this dear, sweet saint who obviously had some things in her life that she personally experienced she says i decided a long time ago not to let someone else's sin to become sin for me now wow that's as important as anything i'll say today someone else came up to me at another church i pastored and in the course of some conversation that i don't have any clue what it was about she said pastor You have to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. There's there's some right there too. Pastor, you have to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. And what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning is saying yes to the best. And saying yes to the best is talking about how we use our time. It's talking about how we make choices of our time. It's talking about our priorities. Being able to say yes to the best 
means I will have to say no to a, a whole lot of good things. Things that aren't sin, things that aren't bad, things that aren't evil. But hey, they're good. But if I crowd my life with good stuff, I may not have time for the best stuff. And as I look at people, this church, out of this church, Christian, non-Christian, I see many people's lives are absolutely chaos because of all the stuff they got going. And in fact, the Sunday after Easter, we're starting a, a series called Chaos. Because people are just going to and fro and trying to do every single thing. It seems like their lives are really chaotic, and I get tired just listening to them talk about it. So this morning, as we start the Lenten season, say yes to the best. And that's talking about how we use our time, which is part of Lent. Because it's in Lent that we come to grips in a somber, self-reflective, self-examining type way. We come to grips with our mortality. Because it's six weeks that, that we walk with Jesus as Jesus walked and headed toward Jerusalem going to the cross. And thinking about our own mortality, thinking about the brevity of life, is really, really part of what Lent is. Thinking about how we use our time is part of what Lent is. Now, as I was thinking about time, and I started thinking about songs that had to do with time, and I started scrolling songs through. Now, I don't remember anything past the 70s, okay? And I'm so glad when I get my Sirius XM decides about every two months to give me a free subscription again and hoping that I will buy and pay for it, and I never do. But I always put it on Channel 7 because it's 70s on 7. And it's really, it's really cute because it's 80s on 8 and 90s on 9. So I don't really get too far past the 70s on 7. But when I was thinking of songs about time, I couldn't think of any song better than a song that was written and sung by Jim Croce. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, some of you do. The, to all of our youngsters down here who never got to experience Jim Croce, Karen, can you give us a little taste of that, please? If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away, just to spend them with you. If I could make days last forever, if words could make wishes come true. Save every day like a treasure And then again I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do once you find them I've looked around enough to know
If I had a box just for wishes And dreams that had never come true The box would be empty Except for the memory of how They were answered by you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do Once you find them Looked around enough to know You're the one I want to go through time Where were you in 1972? I was a freshman in high... I was a ninth grader in junior high. We had junior high back then. And Jim Croce wrote Time in a Bottle, knowing that he can't be able to keep time, knowing that he can't be able to put it in a bottle. He wrote this song about the preciousness of the time that he was to spend with his one-year-old son. That's what the song's about. And he knew that he couldn't spend forever with his one-year-old son, but if he could put time in a bottle. And Jim did not know when he wrote that in 1972 how fleeting life would be for him, for in September of 73, he was killed in a plane crash. And we lost one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Now all we get to hear is it's all about bass and stuff like that, you know. But with Croce, at least you had bad, bad Leroy Brown, you know? <laughs> time, is a, time is an interesting thing. It's a very valuable commodity. Think, I, I never really thought through this to this week. It's a very, very valuable commodity. It's, it's, it's very rare. You cannot buy it. You cannot sell it. You cannot steal it. You cannot trade for it. You cannot barter for it. You cannot exchange it. Time is a marvelous gift given by God. And it's very valuable. So to take a few minutes to talk about saying yes to the best may be worth our time. Time is odd because... There are very few things in life that are the same for all of us, whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we're employed or unemployed, whether we're tall or whether we're short, whether we're young, old, male, female, whatever. We all have 168 hours in every single week. No matter where at our station in life, educated, uneducated, PhD, couldn't even make it through high school, it doesn't make any difference. It's the same for everyone. And very few things in life would be like that. that. That it's the same absolutely for everyone. That there are 1,440 minutes in every day. We're constantly conscious about time. And we're constantly used to be checking our watches, probably checking our cell phones now, and wanting to know what time it is. Without the concept of time, our day would be absolutely meaningless. Without the concept of time, there could be no day. 
There could really be no function at all without knowing what 12 o'clock is or 10 o'clock is or, or 5 o'clock is. That with, with, without, have, you ever woke, have you ever awoken in the middle of the night and for a brief 5 to 10 seconds you didn't know where you were or what day it was or what time it was? And you were like, wow, I am disoriented. And maybe it was in the hospital after he had surgery or, or something. But, but for, for a few seconds, you usually snapped out of it pretty quick. But for a few seconds, you did not know. Saturday, Tuesday, uh, noon, 7 o'clock, and you were like, what's going on? And then you snapped out of it and everything's okay. We are disoriented without a proper understanding of, of time. And maybe... Maybe that's why the psalmist told us in one of the oldest psalms that we have. He told us that we need to be rightly oriented about time. And in Psalm 90, can I tell you a little pet peeve of mine? This is how petty I am. It's not Psalms 90. It's the book of Psalms. There's 150 of them. But it's Psalm 17. In Psalm 90, verse 12, we have a prayer. We have a prayer. That we would be rightly oriented about time in our life. Okay? Teach us. This is a prayer. This is not just a statement. Somebody's writing something. This is a prayer. Teach us. Inference is, we don't understand it. Teach us. Inference is, we're clueless about it. Teach us, inference is, we just don't get it. And the prayer is to God, so teach us, Lord. So this is not like, well, I can go listen to Mark preach and I understand about this. Or I can go buy a book uh, on Amazon and I can understand this. No, this is almost like it's got to come from the divine. There's got to be wisdom from on high. Teach us, Lord, to be able to number our days. Teach us, Lord, to be able to number our days. And I'm just thinking this week that if I'm to say yes to the best, if if I'm to be able to say um, no to good things so I have time and room and space and energy and margin to be able to say yes to the best, just maybe something needs to get through to me about the numbering of my days, about the limit of of my days. Oh, I know that my days are numbered. I know that. I know that my life is like a light switch. I know I can drive away from here today and get hit by a bus. I know that my life can end like that. I know that. But you know where I know it? I know it right here. And I don't think I know it at the decision-making part in my body. For if I did, I think I would live my life differently. I get it. I know what the scriptures say. I know the scriptures talk about our life as like a flyer that is uh, fastly fading. I know all those quotes, those secular quotes that you've heard. I know the things my dad told me about not wasting time. I know that. I get that. I believe that. Pull a gun to my head, and I will not say that those are, are false. Go ahead and pull the trigger. I know they're true, but they seem to be true there. And I don't know if they're true wherever I make a decision in my life. So I'm thinking this morning, and I'm just, I'm just thinking with you because I need this absolutely as bad or worse than anybody else in this room needs this. 
I need to learn to be able to say yes to the best so I can say, excuse me, I need to be able to say yes to the best and maybe an understanding of numbering my days will be able to help me with that. You know, we number what's important. We number what's important. We have like, I think, three ladies in this church that are going to be married this year and are planning their wedding. You know what? They're numbering the days. Because they have their list, right? Of what has to be done when, what has to be done where, by when it's got to be completed by, so forth and so on. Things that are really important to us, we number the days. Things that are less important to us, we don't keep track of them. We just do not keep track of things, the number of things that are less important to us. But we do number things that are important to us. I was a little kid, and my dad would take a a little sheet of paper, maybe one inch by four inches, tape it to the door sill over top of going into my bedroom, and he would tape 25 of those up there at the start of December. And every day, my dad would pick me up, and I would be able to pull one of them down as another day that we're counting down, that we're numbering, to when Santa Claus is coming. You number things that are important to you. And I'm just thinking with you this morning, if I'm going to say no to all those unbelievably good things in life that I can do personally with my family, with my church, so forth and so on, if I'm going to have to say no to a lot of those, to leave room to say yes to the best, maybe it'll help me understand about the brevity of my life. And let me repeat it again. Maybe I'm the only one in here, but I know the brevity of my life. I know my life is limited. I know that life can be snuffed out like that. I know Rob Brill was sitting right back there in the third row from the back three Sundays ago at 49 years of age and dropped dead of a massive heart attack at Joe Morgan Honda in Monroe. I know those things can happen. I know they can, but I don't know if I know they can when I make decisions. And that's really the most important thing in my life. If I number my days, If I number my days, how does that help me with managing time, with handling time? How does that help me with eternal things, temporal things? How does that help me with things that are truly important and like most things in life aren't that important? If I know that life is is on one minute and off the next, if I know that, how does that help me to be able to say yes to the best? And that's what I've been playing with this week. And I'm not, I'm not the know-it-all guy that comes up here and be able to tell you, okay, this is what you do here. This is how you do it. Because you know what? I don't think I got a grip on this at all. I think if I had a grip on this, I'd be less stressed. I'd be less irritated. I'd, I'd have more enjoyment in every single part of my life. But because I probably do not say yes to the best, I probably say yes to too much stuff, which crowds my life, which makes me busy, which ends up making me irritated, which makes me yell at the boys, which makes me not the husband I should be, simply because maybe, maybe I know that my days are numbered there, but I don't know it in the decision-making part of my body. Now, I was searching YouTube and I came to Croce's song. Time in a bottle. 
and I was there and you look on and got all those other YouTube options over there and you can get lost there for a while you do know that don't you and there was a song by Harry Chapin there was a song by Harry Chapin that I hadn't heard forever I clicked on that song and listened to it and I said wow it's where I live wow that's about saying yes to the best or the consequences of not saying yes to the best. Would you indulge me, please, one more song from the 70s, okay? <laughs> Would you let me go down memory lane one more time? Harry Taylor. My child arrived just the other day came to the world in the usual way but there were planes to catch and bills to pay he learned to walk while i was away and he was talking for i knew it and as he grew he'd say i'm gonna be like you dad you know i'm gonna be like you and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon little boy too and the man on the phone when you're coming home dad i don't was just like me and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon little 
get together then well we'll, well we'll we'll have a blast then man we'll 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 have a big blowout then that's a that's a saying yes to the best issue that's a saying no to the good so i can be able to say Yes, to the best. And, and just maybe, if I can learn what the psalmist meant when he said, Mark, you don't know this, so you need to pray this. And only God can teach you this, Mark, so you need to pray, teach me, Lord, to number my days. I think, I think if, I, if, my, if I truly number my days, if I truly don't just believe it here, but believe it wherever I make a decision in my life, if I, if I, if I don't just understand the truth of that, but it's, it's deep down in my spirit, my gut, my heart, wherever it is that I make a decision, I think my life would be different. I think I would enjoy my life more. Because my life would not be as crowded. I, I, think, I think my life would, would not be filled with, hey, good stuff, good stuff. It's not sin. It's not wrong. It's good stuff. But I think my, my, I would enjoy my life more. It, it would be less crowded. It would be less stressed. I would feel less pulled. I, I would feel less, I've got to do it because, well, I'm expected to do it. I've got to do it. You know, I, I, would just, I would say yes to the best, which means I would have to sometimes say no to a lot of proper and good things. I think I may enjoy this good life that God has given me. These good people that God has surrounded me with. This good family that God has given me. This beautiful house that I never ever dreamed that I would be able to have. If I truly numbered my days and know how fleeting this is and how I am seven years older than Rob Brill. Jesus said something very odd in John chapter 10. Jesus said, to, I have come that you would have life. That's weird. Because he was speaking to people that were already alive. To you people that already have life, I've come that you would have life. I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. Have it more abundantly, whatever translation you want to be able to have there. See, Jesus, the Savior, and God the Father wants us to be able to enjoy this world that he's given us. And I don't, I don't, because I get too crowded, I'm worried with meaningless stuff, my schedule is filled with stuff that I don't need to be filled with, good stuff, nothing wrong with it, I need to say yes to the best. And one of the ways that maybe I can be able to say yes to the best is to know that I'm seven years older than Rob Brill. That I live, if I live as long as my dad lives, I've got less than 20 years to live. 
Lent is a time of self-reflection, self-examination. It's a somber time. And maybe one of the best things we can do with this Lenten season is to think about something very sobering. My mortality. That I will go the way of every other man and woman. It's 100%. One out of one will die. And if somewhere in my decision-making part in my life, I have that with me, Oh, not that I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Gloomy all the time, and I'm, I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. But the reality of the truth, capital T, is there any more capital T than what we're talking about right now? In the reality of the truth, I know my days are limited. My days are numbered. I've already lived seven more years than Rob Real. And I want to say yes to the best. I may just have, if I live as long as my dad, I have less than 20 years left. You know what I want to do in those 20 years? I want to use my time well, and I want to say yes to the best, which means there's some no to some really great, good things. And how do I distinguish between those two? I don't know. I have to work it out. Sue has to work it out. We have to talk it out. You all have to work it out. But is there anything better to think of during this Lenten season than... How is it we say yes to the best? If I number my days like the psalmist wants me to, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just enjoy life just a little bit more. And have it to the full, to the abundance. And it won't be, we'll, uh, we'll have a good time then. Boy, I tell you, we're going to have a blast then. Maybe if I number my days, I'll relax a little more. I'll just chill out just, just a little bit more and just really relax and, and try to distinguish between temporal and eternal and realize that 99% of the things in life are, are, are temporal and most of the things are not eternal and most of the things won't matter a whit in 50 years. They still have to be done. I know that. I'm not fantasy land, pine I know they still have to be done, but what is it I give my time to? What is it I give my thinking to? What is it I give my concern? And yes, even my worry to, even though the Bible tells me not to do it. Should it be the best? As I try to say yes to the best. Maybe I'll just relax and be able to not to be so full I think it's the American way almost that my schedule is full. I got to get a lot done. I mean, I'm here and I'm here, especially it's a male thing. I got to go and do this and my day has to be full and, and my list has to be long and that's what a man does. And I wonder in doing that list, it's a good list. There's nothing wrong with the list. Those, lists, those things have to be done on the list. But in doing that list, do I, I don't know, do I miss the best? I'm, listen, I'm preaching to myself and just letting you listen. I don't know how this works out. But it needs, it needs to work out better. If I have 20 more years, it needs to work out better for me. That I could relax. And if I'm going to be busy, I need to be busy with the best. 
If I'm going to be busy, I need to be busy with the really important things. But also to know there's times not to be busy. And there's times to enjoy. And there's times to revel in the good life, the good family, the good church, the good home that God has given me. This was written many years ago. I would say 20 plus years ago. It's fiction, obviously, but it makes a point. Someone gave me this. Maybe it was one of you all. I don't know. <clears throat> Satan called a worldwide convention in his opening address to his angels. He said, we can't keep Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from reading their Bibles and knowing truth. But we can keep them busy in non-essentials of life and invent numerous schemes to occupy their minds. Tempt them to spin, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. Convince them to work six or seven days a week, 10 to 12 hours a day, so they can afford their homes and their lifestyles. Keep them from spending time with their children, and as their families fragment, soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures. Wow. Soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Now, now listen, this was written at least 20, and you'll know by what I'm getting ready to read. But look how up-to-date in 2015 it is. Overstimulate their minds so they cannot hear that still, small voice. This is how old it is. Entice them to play the radio or cassette player. What's a cassette player? Anybody know what a cassette player is? Entice them to play the radio or cassette player whenever they drive to keep the TV, VCR, their CDs, then I added, iPads, iPods, Facebooks, constantly playing in their home. Fill their coffee tables and magazines and newspapers. Excuse me, fill their coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with news 24 hours a day. Flood their mailboxes with junk mail, sweepstakes, and mail order catalogs. Listen, even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them return from it exhausted, disquieted, and unprepared for the coming week. When we go to Walt Disney World, it's harder than working. It is. It's a pain. Because you, you spent like $400 a day to get in that place or something like that, and you feel like you got to do everything. And I don't come back from Walt Disney World feeling relaxed. I come back exhausted, disquieted, and unprepared for the coming week. Well, in the end, and I'm not putting that Walt Disney World. Well, in the end, it was quite a convention. The evil angels went eagerly to their assignments, causing the Christians everywhere to get busy, 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 and rush here, here, and here. I'm wondering... If I number my days, will I, will I just relax a little more? And instead of saying we'll have a good time then, maybe let's just go have the good time now. I don't know how this works out for you all. I don't know. You've got to figure that out for yourself and let the Holy Spirit guide you. I don't know how that works out for you. I don't even know how it works out for us. I'm lousy. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not the know-it-all guy getting up here and telling you how to do this and this and this and do it this way and this way and this way. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and the Bible says to pray to teach me, O oh Lord, to number my days. Pray this prayer. Teach me, O oh Lord, to number my days. If I number my days, maybe, maybe I'll go forgive that person to take care of that bitterness and that irritation and that disgruntledness that's in my spirit because I just got to get back at them. But because my days are numbered and I've already lived seven years longer than Rob Brill, maybe I will forgive him because my life can be like a light switch and I can drop at Joe Morgan Honda just like he did. Maybe if I number my days, I'll go to my husband, I'll go to my wife, I'll go to my kids and say, listen, our home life has to change. I'll go to my wife and say, we've been married 25 years and I don't want to be married the same way for the next 25. Life is too short. I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy you. And you, maybe you'll sit down with your husband or sit down with your wife and say, listen, we got to make some changes. Why do you have to make some changes? Because I've been praying, Lord, teach me to number my days. And that's what he's put in my heart. Teach me to number my days. The scripture said, and the, the final phrase on that was, that I may have a heart of wisdom. What am I going to do with that wisdom, Lord? Well, maybe I'll say yes to the best. What we've, def we've defined wisdom several times in different messages as the ability to make good choices. It's not knowledge. It's not getting 100% on a test. It's the ability to make good choices in your life. So, Teach me, Lord, to number my days so that I may have a heart of wisdom. And maybe with that heart of wisdom, I'll say yes to the best. Well, what is the best, Mark? That's, that's not up to me. That's up to you and the Holy Spirit. What could be best for Sue and I could be different than for Greg and Naomi or different than Daryl and Cheryl. I mean, you'll have to work that out with God yourself. Give me a couple more minutes and I'm done. Maybe since, since your days are numbered, I'll let you go so you can just start enjoying life. I, <laughs> I wonder if God just put that in my brain right now. All right. Probably all things that come to my head, I shouldn't say, right? All right. <clears throat> Uh, I think if I number my days, I'll be able to enjoy the present. Now, that's got a lot to do with enjoy your life and all that, but enjoy the present. To s smell the roses that are like right here in front of me, 
to, to, to enjoy the, 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 the present day, the present season of life. Oh, I know it's hard. I got, I got a boy that's 12, and he's, he's starting to stand up for himself and say no, and he's starting to, to talk back to me a little bit, and it's irritating me, and I feel like I'm losing control, and none of us guys want to lose control, but he's 12 going on 13, and that's what all guys do. And when will this time pass? Or maybe this is a precious time, and during this time of questioning and growing up, for Christopher, I need to be fully present in this time and not to wish it away to be able to nurture him and guide him through those difficult choices he's got to make. To be present and not just, oh, we're going to have a good time then. To be present. Oh, I know the diapers are just everywhere. To be present. Those, oh, I I know it's a terrible twos. I know he's a pain. I know he gets on your everlasting last nerve. But I think you'll miss this one day. And some of you moms are saying, there ain't no way. <laughs> but I'm just playing with this, friends. And maybe I'm way off in the boonies somewhere, but I'm praying it's something about number of my days that I, this day is what I have. I may get hit by a bus tomorrow. I may get hit by a bus when I drive home. I've got this moment. I've got this time right here. It's the only thing I know that I have. James chapter 4 talks about don't, don't count on tomorrow. Don't count on tomorrow. You don't even know what will happen. And you all know that that's true. But you know where you know it's true? Here. And if you're anything like me, you'll have more difficulty in the getting that truth to the decision-making part of you. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's just a mist. Enjoy what's in front of you. I had another video I was going to show you, but I'm, I don't want to be a video preacher today, so but I'm not going to show it to you. Some of you remember the movie Dead Poets Society. And do you remember the scene when Robin Williams takes his class out in front of the trophy case and all pictures of old athletic teams at that private school were there? And he had him read a poem that translated from the Latin, uh, carpe diem means to seize the day. And he had all those young little sophomores and juniors in high school get up really close to that trophy case and look at these old faces of these people that played lacrosse and all those sports back in the 20s and 30s. He said, look at them. They look just like you. He said, lean in and listen to them. And of course, in a movie, they did that. And they leaned in. He said, can you hear them? What do they say to you? And then Williams went up and down the row. He says, you know what they're saying? They're saying, seize the day. Carpe diem. He says, you know what all these people have in common right now? He says, they're dead. He says, they're fertilizer for daffodils. 
He says, what are they telling you? Carpe diem. Seize the moment. Seize the day. Because it's all I know I have. Thanks for coming this morning to allow me to preach to myself. And I'm not trying to be funny. I need this. I need this. I need this if I'm going to finish my ministry with a good taste in my mouth about ministry. I need this. And I think I'm a pretty much ordinary Joe. And maybe some of you Joes and Janes, you need it too. Ancient scripture says, you people, would you pray this? Teach me, God, how to number my days. That I may have a heart of wisdom. And maybe if I have a heart of wisdom, I can say yes to the best. And maybe that would be a good and godly use of my time. Because I'm seven years older than Rob Brill. Father, we're getting ready to come to the table to remember an eternal thing or at least an event that made eternity possible we're we're coming to the table to remember an event that made a whole lot of things temporal we're coming to the table to remember an event that made very, very few things the best, but a lot of things good. And as we come today, Father, and remember this event that made eternity real for all who believe, may we be reminded of things beyond the temporal, things beyond the everyday. May we be reminded of the best things and give us a heart of wisdom as we number our days to say yes to the best.